Well, Austin Matthews hit 50 tonight in Arizona. The Coyotes have lost 10 in a row. It's also Matthew Nice's first game at home in Arizona for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Joe Wall seems close to returning. He was just announced to have been loaned to the Toronto Marlies on a conditioning stint. And how about that goal by Quentin Byfield? Oh. Raven and I just... Oh. So good. we just watched that right now on a clip, and my goodness, I mean the the end to end rush, the speed, the power, the move on Zach Wierenski, just I I think Zach Wierenski still spinning from that one, um, almost loses his stick, gets a second hand back on it, on one knee makes the move, shelves it backhand, that um that that immediately shoots into the top grouping of my goals of the year. Uh, thoughts, Raven? I agree. I mean, it was clean. I think the skill and the thing that got it for me was squeezing between the two guys and then kicking it right before, swinging it back and then flicking it up with a little backhand. So really just talented goal. Uh, I, I, I've mentioned Quentin Byfield a lot on this program, and his growth this season has been remarkable. Um that, that's really been uh, nice to see. So, I mean, just that goal is the epitome of that growth that we've seen from him, him being able to utilize his size and um, go from there and be an integral part of this Kings group going forward. Or or a trade piece. I'm not I'm not here to say that, but uh, some people have. So um, we also got an Arsh D. Baines um, NHL debut yesterday. That is a big win for this program in particular because I was uh, on here about a month ago saying that this guy needs to get called up. Um, made his NHL debut for the Vancouver Canucks in a 3-1 loss to the Avalanche. He w- had 20 shifts. He played 13-21 on the ice. He was minus two. He took a penalty. Um, yeah, he was on on the ice for both those Ryan Johansson goals. The Avalanche take it. Um, <clears throat> I really hope that the Canucks give Archie Baines a bit more of a runway. Um with a few more games, they, they've lost three in a row now. And I, I think it's, you know, okay to mix in a little bit of a different talent in on the fourth line. I think that's what they were doing with Baines. But um, give give him some leeway. Give him some runway here. And I, I'm sure he will produce. I'm trying to find exactly where he was at the time of his call-up in terms of AHL scoring. He was near the top um, from what I knew before. But I think things might have changed a little bit. But if you do look at the AHL scoring leaderboard, you will still find two members of the Dallas Stars uh, farm system, the Texas Stars, sitting at the top of that. And one of them was Logan Stankoven. We all thought we might get a debut from Logan Stankoven at Madison Square Garden last night. We did not. Matt Duchesne ended up being able to go, and he was loaned back to Texas. So uh, we will have to wait um, indefinitely for a Logan Stankoven debut. He does have 57 points in 46 games. Maverick Bork has 45. Um, so they are just torching the AHL right now. It's not even um, it's not even really a question as to how much these guys are putting up um, points and just affecting the game in all areas. Um, uh, they both play on the penalty kill, too. So it's just been uh, very, very impressive. Um, and, and it's impressive, too, that Dallas has been able to go 46 games and the call-up of Logan Stankoven and teasing us by um, thinking we were all going to get him against the New York Rangers last night, um, to be able to not play two of the top prospects in the game right now that are just dominating in the AHL uh, shows the depth of the Dallas Stars. It shows that they're really 
gutting for winning a Stanley Cup this year if they believe that much in their roster and you're um, establishing that distinction between NHL player and AHL player currently. Like they want those guys developing with Texas. Um, they're they're going to let them do that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get debuts from Stankoven and Bork at some point before the end of the year. Um, look, I honestly, I honestly even think that Dallas probably should have just thrown Logan Stankoven in there anyways, even though Matt Duchesne was ready to go. Give him a game or two, see what he can do. Maybe, maybe it provides a little bit more pop into your lineup. Um, but Dallas falls 3-1 to the Rangers. It was a great game for Igor Shosturkin. Um, good game for Artemi Panarin, too. Um, Vincent Trocek's been a lot better recently, um, just steadily having uh, more elements added to his game this year. Um, and just mixing with those guys like Kreider and Zabanajad, especially um, Panarin as well. Um, has I think that's really grown Vincent Trocek's game and um, brought his expectations of how he should be playing to a whole new level. Capocacco uh, with the game-winning goal too. So um, Eric Gustafson is having a very nice season too in New York. Eric Gustafson is that kind of player. Um, everybody he goes into a new situation and everybody kind of doubts Eric Gustafson and uh, says that what he did prior was a fluke, and then he comes back and he does it. He has 20 assists already on the season, um, and just a, just a very low-risk, low-key ad by the Rangers that ended up um, just working out for them. So um, he is a good piece. We'll see how he works in that top six come playoff time. But, um, yeah, Rangers take that one 3-2-1. Going back to my scores here. Um, we might see Austin Matthews hit 50 goals tonight. That would be very exciting. Uh, he would do that in what is the Leafs' 55th game, um, and I think his personal 53rd. So if he can be the first player to hit 50 this season, uh, one, it would be remarkable. It would validate the statistics that say he's going to get 70-plus goals this year. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how do you not put someone in the heart discussions for uh, scoring 70-plus goals, I tend to agree with that. Um, not just trying to really hop on a take that a lot of people have had recently, but um, how, how do you not give a guy that, that scores 70 goals in this league uh, MVP consideration? So, um, But Mitch Marner has really been awesome this year. I, I've talked about him as playing a basketball game on here um, on ice, and he just continues to impress. I mean, Matthews doesn't do what he does without Mitch Marner feeding him those passes. Um, there, there's not really another player on that team that can make those kinds of passes. There are very good players on the team. William Nylander in particular is having a phenomenal year. We all know. Um, but Mitch Marner is really the the guy, the, the guy that stirs the drink there in Toronto. Um, arguably one of the most underrated athletes in that city. Also looking at a Bo Bichette type player. Talked about that on the deep fade yesterday on our baseball preview. Um, a little bit of a baseball preview, not the official baseball preview, but I was I was granted a few moments to, to talk about my Jays. So, um, Bo Bichette, Mitch Marner, very similar guys. Just utility like Bichette is more of like a, you know, just an all round kind of player. Same with Marner. I mean, we all know what he does on the penalty kill as far as just picking pockets, reading plays, being able to create shorthanded opportunities, um, and. He is just so creative. He's one of the most creative players in the NHL, and it's very fun to watch. Uh, Leafs take on Arizona tonight. Matthew Nye said he might have between 40, 50, 60 people, friends, family, in attendance there for his first game back home in Arizona. 
um, made a, made a funny comment. We should have probably pulled up that clip, but it's okay. Um, of him saying that that his family and friends, that section is going to be a, a, a quite a meaningful section in the Mullet Arena where the Coyotes play. So uh, taking a little jab at the Yotes there and the size of their facility. Um, that should be a good one. We'll see if Arizona can snap their 10-game losing streak. Uh, their last one was a frustrating one for the group. Um, so it, we'll, we'll, we'll see how Arizona performs. I think we might see a bounce-back effort today, but the Leafs have been really good in the absence of Morgan Riley, whose suspension was upheld yesterday afternoon by Gary Bettman, um, and he will serve the last game of it tonight before the Leafs go and visit the Golden Knights tomorrow night. So um, one more cobbled day of a defense for the Leafs. Uh, Marshall Rafai also, I forgot to mention that. He made his NHL debut uh, Monday afternoon for the Maple Leafs on their back end against the Blues. He did not look out of place, looked like a player that could play for them consistently maybe in a few years, either on the Toronto Blue Line or elsewhere. So um, good things happening in Leafland. We'll see if the Oats can turn it around. The local team here is going to host the Philadelphia Flyers, who themselves are looking for their 30th win of the year. Hawks announced yesterday they placed Zach Sanford on waivers. Um... The Blackhawks really need to, I don't know, they need to figure it out. I feel like I just am exasperated every time I bring up this team. Um, they are worth note. Um, like, the, they are worth mention because of what we do and where we are. Um, but it, it's not. It's tough not to look at the game against the Hurricanes and wish you had a bit more of what you had later in the game in the earlier portion of the game. That is um, a symptom of a young team. So, um We'll see how all this goes. Lucas Reichel was sent down to AHL Rockford. I don't know that I touched on that too much. Um, I I remember talking about it with Lee about the the struggles of Reichel this year. Um, and and I, I spoke with him after the demotion of Reichel, and he said that it's good for him to uh, get back into a regular game rhythm play, first-line minutes for Rockford. Um, felt like the Hawks were burying him a bit too much and that maybe even a move like this was a little overdue. Uh, for Lucas Reichel. So he got into his first game with Rockford, and uh, we will see how that goes. The Flyers are coming off their game in the stadium series uh, that lost to the New Jersey Devils. So um, they will probably be hungry as a group to get back on track. Um, you know, John Tortorella is going to want this team rebounding nicely. So uh, they will look for win number 30 there. The heavyweight matchup tonight, though, is likely the Boston Bruins visiting the Edmonton Oilers. Um, two teams with 33 wins. The Bruins uh, further ahead in the overall standings, though, than the Oilers based on the loser point right now. But um, I'm sure Edmonton would like this as a uh, prove-it game for themselves. I think that game against Arizona that they played on Monday was a bit of a tougher game by the end of it than they would have liked it to be, even though they ended up winning 6-3. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, Boston Boston hasn't been playing at the level that uh, they had at the earlier portions of the season. Uh, they, they won the marathon shootout over Dallas, yes, but there is still areas that maybe some of these players need to step up, or maybe it's speaking to a larger issue of some of this depth that they have. James Van Riemsdyk has been very good. I mentioned Jesper Boquist having a good game. Brazo was a good feel-good signing. Um, I don't know if we'll see him again today, but... Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins were looking for another forward. I know there was a lot of talk before Elias Lindholm went to Vancouver that he might end up in Boston, but I, I don't know if that was really the fit, but maybe there is another fit somewhere else with another player. I don't ha- I don't have another player in mind off the top of my head when it comes to the Bs, but um, may- maybe that's something that they look for to really try and gear up. They've been switching now that first spot with the Panthers, so who just keep on winning hockey games. They they can't seem to stop winning hockey games if you're if you're in Sunrise right now. So that's pretty good. Um Tassos, I got a question for you. Yeah, quick. man. Since we're 16 days out from the NHL trade deadline, who do you think are going to be the two teams that are going after the most? Like who do you think is going to try to get the most pieces to make a late run? Uh okay, so I mean Tampa Bay, I've talked about a little bit. They're in a bit of a transition period. I'm going to name more than two teams just because I don't really know. Um, yeah, you're all good. Tampa Bay seems like a team that uh, could push a few chips in the middle, but I don't know how many pieces they have. Um, a team like the Leafs, we were talking about the Leafs earlier. The rumor has been Chris Tanev out of Calgary, um, even Noah Hannafin out of Calgary potentially. Um I don't know what they envision adding. I, I would even consider if I were G- Leafs GM Brad Living, maybe just sitting on my assets and um, maybe moving something. I know they don't have a second round pick for a few years, but maybe even just moving like a third round pick or something for like a depth piece. Um, there's not a lot of big uh, pieces on the market unless we see a big goalie moved. Um, so I could see maybe, you know, if we're going to see an unexpected big, big swing, I, I wouldn't... Uh, call the LA Kings out of question for something like that. Um, if we're talking like a bigger move, like a UC Soros from Nashville for, you know, a couple assets here. Um, we were talking about Quentin Byfield earlier. That was the, that, that was probably the only trade that the, that he has come up in. And I don't think the Kings would even make that deal. Um, I would, I would not if I were, if I were Rob Blake. So, um, yeah, so I could see the Kings making a big swing um, Nashville might be a team on the other end of that spectrum that might look to move pieces off, even though they're right in the wild card race. Um, Vancouver already made their deadline deals. They made the Zadorov trade uh, way earlier in the season. Um, and they acquired Lindholm, obviously, a few weeks ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if they make it another look for a piece or two. Same with Winnipeg. I don't know what I don't know what Colorado's gonna do. Um Ryan Johansson scored two goals yesterday, but um, I think they're in a perpetual search for a second line center behind Nathan McKinnon. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe there's something that happens there. I think Dallas was pretty set with their group that may look for a little bit of defensive depth. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Unless we see like a big goalie move out of, uh, LA, maybe Carolina, maybe Carolina. Um, I would, I would expect things to just kind of be like, I could, like I said, I could see the Leafs tra- trading for one of the mid-major pieces like a Chris Tanev. I think Chris Tanev's going to cost a first-round pick, even though he's a rental. I think Toronto would have a pretty good chance at re-signing a Chris Tanev. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the the deadline picture, too. And I, I mentioned to you off-air, too, that uh, we're going to probably get even a couple more moves in between now and the deadline. So um, a lot of those guys are going to be off the board. Um, I know you were just asking about moves in general, but... Um, and also don't discount Edmonton too. They're, they're probably going to try and add a piece every year. You have McDavid and Dreisaitl. You, you have to, you have to sell assets to try and bring in win now pieces. So, 
Um, it'll be interesting. I don't know exactly. I know that was a long-winded way. I gave you like eight teams when you asked for two, but um, I think it is going to be fascinating. I think everything everybody's looking for something, um, but it's all about what the asking prices are. It's all about um, who gets to to a deal first, maybe who's willing to pay more. Um, Vancouver really paid a lot for a player like Elias Lindholm. I'm not saying that he's not a good player. He's looked like a great fit in Vancouver too, but that's a lot of assets. Hunter Brustevich and a first-round pick and Andre Kuzmenko, who's been playing great, um, and another uh, depth defensive prospect to Yoni Yermo. But um, to... I don't know that four four pieces like the best defenseman in the OHL first defenseman to put up 100 points maybe in the OHL in a really long time like that's a it's a player if that guy turns out to be a partial game breaker like that trade looks so much better for Calgary um and I don't think you know I think a lot of teams are bare like their cupboards are bare um if you're a team like Edmonton if you're a team like the Leafs um you've spent a few years Colorado you've spent a few years depleting your um, prospect pool and draft picks for players now or players that have been with you in the past. So um, things are tight. Maybe Detroit looks to do something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. It should be should be pretty interesting. Uh, speaking of the Red Wings, though, Michael Rasmussen gets a four-year, $12.8 million extension. That is $3.2 million a year for those of you counting at home. He has 11 goals, 23 points in 55 games. He's on pace to have his best year. Um, only about six points off of his career high. So um, it's always been about just putting it all together consistently for him. Got that big, huge frame, 6'6", six, six, I think. But um, just it's just been about putting it together consistently for Rasmussen. Same thing for a player like Joe Valeno. Um, they, they're tied with uh, for the same amount of points this year. So um, they're both having nice seasons. I think Detroit is uh, having a much... Like, they're, they're that team we've talked about. They were in that group of three of Ottawa and... Detroit and Buffalo that we're going to have that opportunity to take that next leap into a playoff spot or approaching it. And Detroit seems to be the only team that is doing that. So I think this uh, Rasmussen extension is a good reward uh, just for him himself, one, uh, and two, the team overall. Um, I think that's just always a feel-good thing in a locker room. Um, shows that the organization isn't afraid to reward guys that when, especially when there is team success, that everybody's going to eat. So um just good extension to see um we'll see if that can provide a boost for the red wings they are currently in the last playoff spot in the east the second wild card um ahead of the new jersey devils by four points same amount of games played so uh there is that advantage there we talked about the big games yesterday being in the metro division um and they were um oh boy my my nhl app is freaking out on me but we did see the, the islanders beat the penguins 5-4 in overtime big goal by adam pellick his first of the year and some good character out of the out of the Penguins. I think the the Islanders were having flashback nightmares to Sunday outdoors at MetLife when they were up four two on or five three on the Rangers, and the Rangers scored two goals late. Mika Zibanejad ties it, and um, or Temi Panarin wins it in overtime. And I think the Islanders were having flashbacks to that when um, right after Mike Riley scores, you get a goal from Valtteri Pustinen, and you get a goal from Drew O'Connor that goes off an Islanders defenseman's leg and. Um, you know, I, I think everybody on the Islanders bench and in Islanders nation was holding tight, waiting for some something bad to happen. Another Sidney Crosby goal, another overtime loss for the Islanders. But it was Adam Pellick. Really nice move. Uh, Crosby doesn't step on him, step up on him. Rare, rare miscue by Sid. But 
I'm sure they won't hold them to that too much in Pittsburgh, but um, Islanders get a much-needed win. Pittsburgh may uh, end up needing that one later. And same thing if you're the Devils, too. You get a, a big loss handed to you by the um, Washington Capitals, 6-2. Alex, Alex Ovechkin was really good. I know he got the last goal in basically garbage time, but um, I think Alexander Ovechkin will take a two-goal, two three-point night anytime. Um, he's been getting dogged this year a little bit more so than he probably should have. Um, Ovechkin does this, everybody. Maybe not to the extent that we expect it to all the time, um, but, you know, Alexander Ovechkin has been a consistently good hockey player for a long time. We've seen some down seasons from him. Um, yeah, nothing like this here, but I think we all knew he was going to rebound in the second half. Maybe just needed a little bit of a refresher, too. So uh, Connor McMichael also with two goals, too. The second goal was so nice. Oh, my gosh. Very, very similar to uh, the Matthew Nyes goal against the St. Louis Blues. Um, similar a little bit. Um to the by, not really similar to the Byfield one, just the move at the end though, um, but just a really good like double curl and drag around um, Devils players and really really sick goal by Connor McMichael. But Ovechkin gets up to 16 on the year, so um, good on him, good on the Caps, and the Devils might be looking at that one and saying in April and in May, why what happened in that game on that Tuesday against the Capitals? I really wish we had performed better than that. So. Um, we will see we will see the devils in action when oh tomorrow against the rangers so that that'll be a good one and uh, the capitals will visit the tampa bay lightning tomorrow on espn um dylan strome is also having a very nice season for the washington capitals too he's up to 51 or 21 goals um john carlson also um been as steady as ever i would say um they, they really missed him last year when he was out for a majority of the year, and that that played a big part in their fall from a playoff team to a non-playoff team. Um, but you can tell he just makes a big difference on the back end. He's noticeable out there every single game um, for all the right reasons. It's always like little smart things with John Carlson that you're like my, you're impressed by. Like they they do show up on your radar too, um, even if you're not uh, looking at it super deeply. Uh, he makes plays here and there that do really stand out and. Um, he's just been a leader on that team for a really long time. Um, might be one of those guys that is debated for a little bit as a potential Hall of Famer because I think John Carlson still has a little bit left to give to this game. He's only 34 years old. So, I mean, I could see John Carlson playing for another three or four seasons after this if he really wanted to. Um, he's got 31 points in 51 games this year, 19 games away from 1,000 for the career, and he's at 653 points total. So he's already won a Stanley Cup. Uh, can you look up if John Carlson has won a Norris? I think the answer is no, although I might be uh, right here. John Carlson, C-A-R-L-S-O-N. We all remember that goal he scored to win the World Juniors for the United States. All-timer, all-timer. Um, but, yeah, I uh, he NHL All-Star game 2019-20. Yeah, no. Um, he, he was a second-team All-Star in 2019. He did not win it, no. And he was a first-team All-Star in 2020, which is really impressive. I, did, I didn't actually recall that, that he was a first-team All-Star. He was a runner-up in 2020. He was a runner-up in 2020. What, what did his 2020 season look like? Uh, 75 points, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 75 points in 69 games. So, um, yeah, that might have been the season that everybody was like, oh, is he going to get 
you know, I don't, I don't know if it was 100 with John Carlson, if everybody was really searching for, but yeah, no, that, that was that season. Very interesting. So um, really just a dominant player overall. And uh, nice to see some of those players like him and Nick Backstrom too got, get their cup. Obviously Ovechkin um, when Washington won it in 2018, but um, it's just like the fact that John Carlson will end his career no matter how it ends. I'm sure he wants it to end in Washington with the Caps. Um, but the fact that they got a cup, you know, we all know what's happening with Nicholas Backstrom right now, or the fact that there exists a lot of uncertainty with Nicholas Backstrom. It looks like he might be done with his playing career. Um, he tried to make it work this year and it just really wasn't happening for Nick Backstrom, but, uh, it was good that he has a Stanley cup. Anyways, um, how do we get to Nick Backstrom and John Carlson? But, um, oh, I did want to bring this article. So we saw like an announcement from the Ottawa senators yesterday. It was a pretty cryptic announcement. Uh, saying that the future of sports landscape is going to change forever in Ottawa. Um, so a lot of people were wondering what that might mean um, and what it means from what I can gather from this article, according to Steve Warren of the Hockey News. Um, and this is from a tweet from John Roddenberg on Twitter uh, from TSN. Um, so apparently the NLL, the Indoor Lacrosse League, the National Lacrosse League, um, they're confirming the New York Riptide are moving to Ottawa next season. Uh, the team currently play at the Islanders Old Barn, barn the Nassau Co County Coliseum. Um, so it's believed to be a five-year deal with the Sens. Uh, they're getting a nice practice facility. I'm sure they will play out of the Canadian Tire Center. So um, that's cool. I like I like these like shared buildings. It's cool. Like the the NLL is a great league. I'm I'm always going to stand up for the NLL. It's a very fun game. Very similar to hockey. Very, It's a blend of hockey and lacrosse. How can you not like it? It's tough. It's physical. A lot of really talented players. Um, a lot of really talented Native American players, too. Um, they have a really big impact on the game as far as just their style of play, um, the creativity that they play the game with, the heart that they play the game with, um, the fact that it's very accessible and um, affords a lot of people an opportunity to um, pursue a kind of life and career that uh, they might not have otherwise had the opportunity to. So, um, and there are some really like good markets in the NLL. Denver is a very good NLL market. Buffalo is an incredible NL NLL market. They sell out the Key Bank Center just about more than the Sabres do these days. And um, that's really impressive for an indoor lacrosse team to do. Um, so, I think that's cool for Ottawa. Um, look, I mean, as as a guy who lives in Chicago, I don't I don't think we have many Ottawa listeners, so um, I I don't know what much Ottawa really has going on over there. Um, it's the capital of Canada, so it's like a capital city, right? But I th I think all they have is the Sens. They have the Red Blacks of the CHL or CFL, not the CHL. They have the sixty sevens of the CHL. Um, but I don't know too much PWHL Ottawa now, obviously. Um, that might be the most exciting ticket in the, the city right now. So, um, yeah, and I'll move in there. So that that was the big announcement. I thought I thought there was going to be maybe, I, I think a lot of people might have hoped that it was going to be a brand new arena announcement downtown for Ottawa, and it is instead an NLL team. So I think there might be a bit of uh, disappointment on that front of things, but um, big picture, I think it's a really good um, move. If uh, Lacrosse is a tough sport. I, I want to see lacrosse grow a lot. Um, looking at it from the owner of this network perspective, um, I would love to have a lacrosse show or two on this network eventually. 
you know, guys who want to cover the game maybe for one and like a players run podcast for another, hopefully, if, you know, we can grow the ways we anticipate here. Um, but yeah, I, lacrosse, I think, is a tough place to make work in a place like New York City. Um, it's almost like a bit too urban to like, like, it's too much of a city to, to make There's it work. enough space. Yeah, you need like, you know, and I know football is popular in New York City in the, but you know, they they do two of the NFL. They play out of Jersey. They play MetLife is in Jersey. We just saw this weekend. So, um, and I think just people knew that. But um, this is a hockey show, so I try and keep that in mind. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You, I know you're not too much of a lacrosse guy, Raven. But I, I just I don't think it's like meant for New York City. Um, certain sports aren't meant for certain places. I definitely hope, agree. Yeah. So. Um, Man, I I know a lot of fans in Ottawa were disappointed that it was not a arena announcement for a brand new arena. Um, we also saw I was also reading the unions oppose the Wizards and the Caps move to Alexandria, Virginia. Um, we don't know the full deal on that. Um, it seemed like it had been passed through, and then it was not. So, um. Yeah, I, I think the Virginia governor um, wanted to push it through. Glenn Youngkin wanted to push it through. But um, this uh, group of union workers or a group of unions representing hospitality workers in the national capital region um, basically trying to block the deal. So um, I, I think it'll maybe work out. Maybe this is just a... I wouldn't be surprised also if the Caps stay in um, D.C. too. I know they'd have to do some renovations to the Verizon Center, but I don't think it's that bad of an idea. I know the DMV area is a pretty um, tight area. You know, you have Maryland and you have Virginia and D.C. all kind of right there. Um, But I think maybe keeping the team in D.C. isn't a bad idea, too. I know a lot of people do really feel a sense of pride with the Caps, even more so in a lot of cases than the Wizards, just because of how much lack of a success I think the Wizards have had. I don't know the full history on the Wizards. I know they used to be the Bullets, but um, I don't know how much. Like They seem like one of the more franchises in disarray of recent memory in the NBA, so... Um, the Caps have really been the the pull there. So I know a lot of people in D.C. in the city have a um, have a special tie to the Capitals, and moving them to Alexandria really isn't far at all. But um, I, I think it might be like less than a five mile move or less than a ten mile move. I could be incorrect on that, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's gonna like mess up a lot of people's jobs and all that stuff. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that progresses too. A uh, lot of arena issues to get sorted in the NHL. Um, you know the DC has the Nationals too. Oh, they do have the Nationals. They do. They do. Um, Which in recent years have actually been a team to. I think the Nationals are a little. They won a World Series, but then they proceeded to trade everyone. Yeah. So what's the kid's name? Um, the young guy. It's not Juan Soto. It wasn't Juan Soto. No. What was the guy's name? Went to the, uh, was it Juan Soto? I don't think Juan Soto played for the Nationals. Uh, he might have played. Yeah, he did play for the Nationals. Good job. Told you, I'm a seam head. You are a seam head, which is, <laughs> no one says that, but it's so funny that you keep saying it. I yeah, love it. Did. 
yeah we will make it a thing yeah so um genevieve Sur- or genevieve servette won the champions hockey league yesterday that was a good game i watched part of it um Val Filippilla with an assist in the game. A lot of former NHL guys on either side. Um, Axel Sandin Pelika on the Shaleftia side, too. I had forgotten that before uh, watching the game again. But he was okay. He didn't play that much. He only played under a little under 15 minutes. But um, and in the second championship, he's lost this year after losing the gold medal game to the United States at the World Juniors. Um, but he has a bright future on the other end of things, though. You do have a Red Wings pseudo legend, you know, probably in that second tier of legend, Stanley Cup champion with the Red Wings, Val Filippula, now a member of the quadruple gold club, um, Olympic gold, Stanley Cup, um, world championship gold as well. So um, now he's won a Champions Hockey League. And it is the a few facts about this that I thought were interesting. It is the first time that a team outside of Sweden or Finland has won the the Champions Hockey League, so that's pretty cool. Um, first time a Swiss team has won it, obviously, too. This game also pitted the northernmost team in the championship with the southernmost team in the Champions Hockey League. So that was uh, pretty interesting here. Um, so Val Filippiela, just for a second on him, won, won the Stanley Cup in 2008, Olympic gold in 2022 at the uh, Beijing Olympics, and... Um, uh, World Championship gold in 2022, same year. Uh, won the Swiss National League title as well with uh, Genevieve Servette last year. And, um, yeah, wow, um, the Champions Hockey League this year. So just a really remarkable career for Val Filippiela. Um, not a lot of people um, get to say that they've done all that. That's a pretty great experience. I think a lot of people don't give enough credence to going over to Europe and having fun and playing hockey and winning and playing really good competition still, even if it's not the National Hockey League. Um, even guys in the American Hockey League, um, they they finish in the American Hockey League, and a lot of times they're just done with hockey, and that, that can be personal as well. Um, but you can really have a nice life living in Europe and winning hockey and playing with legends that – you don't even really recognize are still playing. So um, congrats to them. Congrats to Switzerland as a whole. Um, I've seen some pretty interesting takes out there in the international hockey sphere um, that the Swiss League, one guy in particular that I uh, pay a lot of attention to on the internet, said that he believes that the Swiss League by the end of the decade will be the second best hockey league in the world outside of the National Hockey League. So... Um, I, I wouldn't doubt that. I, I know that it's a very desirable option for a lot of uh, import players. They're very selective on their import players. Uh, the travel is very nice in the Swiss League. You're virtually sleeping in your own bed every single night um, because it's very the travel is just very simple. Um, and they, just the scheduling of the games is very nice. So um, it, I could see that. I could definitely see that happening soon. I still think... Um, Personally, I believe the AHL is the second best league in the world right now. Um, I know a lot of I, the KHL is most likely the second best league in the world right now. And um, some people in Sweden and Finland would probably like to argue that their own personal leagues are um, deserving of that title. But um, look out for the Swiss in future years. I know the it's been a couple of down years for um, for Swiss hockey, I think, on the international stage, maybe even as far as prospect development, too. Um they haven't produced, especially at the, the level that we've seen some of these other similar hockey nations like Germany and Slovakia produce some higher-end talent into the league in recent years. There hasn't been that same level of high Swiss draft pick 
um, in a while. Um, no Timo Meyer, no Nico Heischer. Um, but Heischer's still young. Man, I, I'm really ready for best on best hockey. The Olympics is going to be really good in 2026. Um, we're going to get to see some of these stars put together for some of these teams. But, um, yeah, good good, good for Geneve Servette. That, that's our Champions Hockey League touch there. Um, l- let's put an NHL team in the Champions Hockey League at some point. That, that's my... That's also my two cents there on that. I would love to see that happen. I doubt the NHL would ever do it, but man, that would be really cool. That would be really, really cool because you know that one time they will lose. They they absolutely will lose. Um, and I, I, look, I, even if I were in a perfect world, if I were Gary Batman and I were making the calls here, um, I'd put the Stanley Cup champion in the Champions Hockey League too. I was going to say, that makes a lot of sense. Just put the previous winner yeah. of the champion in that next year's tournament and see how they do with the teams overseas. I think it would be fun. Now, I think if you put Vegas in that tournament, they probably win it, you know, or at the very least get to the finals. It is a one-game final, so anything can happen. But um, And I think a lot of people probably would have pegged Shalefdia to win yesterday. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think it could work. I think it would obviously bring a lot more eyes to the Champions Hockey League than are currently on it. You'd get all the North American fans loving it. Um, and it might even like there's every time there's expansion talk and every time the league goes over to Europe, they there's been a talk about maybe we can we can chat about this for a second. Um, what it would look like, because, you know, we always see the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, every time they play a game in England, it feels like they play one every year. I think they do. Um, but it's like, oh, when are the Jags becoming the London Jags? Yeah. Right. And um Every time the NHL does something, there is similar talk. Like, could this actually work? And uh, you get guys like us who do talk radio for a living um, being like, oh, could the NHL do it? And how would they do it? And the consensus seems to be is that you would need a European division of like five teams spread out. Maybe one in Paris, one in Germany, one in uh, Finland, one in Sweden. One in Spain. In Spain, I, I, I was that that was yesterday, I think, on the program. I was I was vouching for... Spain getting in, um, uh, and uh, sorry, a stadium series, not a stadium series game, a global series game. Uh, I've been, I think they're ready for that. We saw their run at Olympic qualifying games this year. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's just very, um, it, it, Spain's close, but I don't, they're not ready for something like that. They're not ready to house an NHL team. But like I said, Paris, Paris or London would be cool. Um, maybe, maybe more London would be more viable. Um, but both of those cities would be remarkable for something like the, the NHL. And then, you know, give me like Berlin, um, and like two or three German cities even too. Yeah. I mean, then, then we're talking about like really, really growing it. Right. But yeah. Um, because I think Sweden and Finland would want something like that. I think there is an appetite for something like that. Even though, um, this is like super big picture. I know that like some Swedish players do, They've voiced displeasure, and I'm not talking about, like, Swedish National Hockey Leaguers. I'm talking about guys that play in the Swedish Hockey League, guys who play in, like, the league, the Ausfexen and the Hockeyatan and those leagues. Um, They have voiced concern that, you know, Swedish hockey is on a decline at home just because, like, all their best players are leaving for the National Hockey League at 19 years old. Um, players used to stay a little bit longer at home. Um, and now there's really none of that. So, um, 
on the flip side of that, like in the name of poor player development or just, I guess, a different shade of player development, you have a lot more guys who don't end up making it returning home at an earlier age, right? And providing that level of skill that they can bring uh, to those leagues back home. So um, I don't know that putting an NHL, maybe. I, do you think it could work? In Sweden? No, no. I, well, Sweden, the, th- the issue I think is, is like if you put an NHL team there, yes, it'll probably draw. But then what does that do to the teams in the Swedish Hockey League, right? Yeah. And, and um, you know, same thing for Finland, too. Um, what would that do to all the teams in the fin- the the Liga, right? So um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you'd have to, like, put it in markets like Paris and um, London where there isn't top-flight hockey so that it's kind of like the singular focus there hockey-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just I'm just spitting things out. I would love to see an NHL team in the Champions League. I just I think it would be sick. Um, I think players would really get up for it. Um, I think the players in Europe would really get up for it. Um, you know, you you get an, you get a chance to impress people on that kind of stage. Like the Champions Hockey League is a big stage, but it's not like it's the Champions League in soccer, right? Um, there's still a lot of room for growth in what they can do. Um, the fact that this was the first year that a team outside of Sweden or Finland won it, right? Um, and obviously, uh, the KHL does not participate also in the Champions Hockey League. I don't know if they ever have. Um, I probably should know that as the host, but I, I don't. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, did we talk about the OHL stuff? Oh, yeah. Let do me pull wanna, this up. Do you want to bring that up a little bit? I think that's... I do. I actually wanted to make a few more points on Arsh Deep Beans before, just yeah. because I've been really pulling for this kid, and I did see some really cool stuff. Um, he is a Punjabi player, obviously, in Vancouver, which is a big deal there. There are a lot of Punjabi people in the, the British Vancouver, British Columbia area. Um, it, it just means a lot. Um, so... We got, uh, he's the fourth player to make his debut of Punjabi descent. First one was Robin Bawa, October 8th, 1989. Uh, second was Manny Malhotra, October 10th, 1998. And Jujar Kara on November 18th, 2015. That's a tweet from Harpreet Bandera. So, um, yeah, just a overall special day. He said, um, I, like I mentioned earlier, I think the Canucks should really give him a run of games. Um, there's also um, Andreas Martinson was also a player of South Asian descent too of the past. So, um, just congrats to him. I really hope they give him more runway. Um, it's really nice seeing these hockey players of all different kinds of backgrounds come and make the National Hockey League. Shows to everybody that it is possible that these dreams are attainable. That it just takes opportunity and hard work and um, knowing the path, and you you can get there. So. Um, congrats to him again. I did want to bring that up, but yeah, let me pull up this OHL story real quick. So it is a bounty story. So not a good one. Um, it is an investigation into the Sudbury Wolves regarding accusations of a bounty on a Barry Colts player, namely defenseman Kashan Atchison. Um, and he apparently hit Nathan Villanov in a game on January 18th. They played on the 21st, and Barry didn't dress Atchison, and apparently it was because they thought that there might be a bounty placed on Atchison. We have heard stories of that before, 
um, in hockey, in the junior level, in the minor leagues, even in the NHL in some cases. Um, I don't think people really do that anymore. That I mean, they, they shouldn't if they do. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what this is going to end up being. Junior hockey has a lot of work to do as a whole, in my opinion. Um, I think we're in a big... We're in a big space. This is a, this is an article written by Jeff Merrick too, so you know it's uh, legit. Um, so uh, the two teams play again February twenty eighth too in Sudbury a week from now. Um, so we will see. We will see how that goes. I mean, if there's an update on this story, um, we'll we'll provide it. I I don't know. I I think we're past the point of like placing bounties on people's heads. Correct. Yeah. I I I, mean, um, I feel like that was something that you heard about in the league when we were kids not stuff that you not even that not even not even that like we're talking like 70s and 80s bro like you know but even then there was always like one team every once in a while that would get caught doing something stupid like that absolutely i i hear you on that i just there's no room for it there's there's no room for that this is junior hockey this isn't you know life or death here um and if if the, if it's coming from the players, that's one thing, I guess. And I, well, I think the other thing too is if it comes from the coach or a member of the coaching staff, then we're talking about an entirely different story here. You know what I mean? Um, if it's if that's coming from a coach to um, to place a bounty on a particular player for a particular action in a previous game. Um, we might have to look at ourselves in the mirror a bit more as a hockey community as to what we can do. Um, so trying to see what other games we have. We have um, Buffalo will be taking on Columbus tonight. Nope. Buffalo's taking on the, the Habs tonight. They'll take on Columbus on Friday. My bad. Great hosting. Columbus will take on Anaheim in, in Anaheim. Um Four groups of struggling teams, but, uh, you know, every time these – the teams that that are at the bottom of the standings when they play each other, that fascinates me. I know it uh, turns a lot of people off, and it, the games don't mean a whole heck of a lot. I get that. Um, but it does show a lot about who gets up for those kinds of games, even. Um, if you're a team that just will let things slide um, – you know, let a three-game losing streak turn into a five-game losing streak and have it turn into what we're seeing even in Arizona now with a 10-game losing streak. Um, and I think it's even a little bit different for Arizona outside of these four teams because Arizona started well. So did the Ducks too, but the Air, the Yotes had a bit more staying power when it uh, came to staying relevant in the playoff race. But um, all four of those teams, the Sabres, the Habs, the Blue Jackets, and the Ducks, they've all kind of fallen out of it. Um, the Blue Jackets obviously have rebounded a little bit um, since letting go of Yarmo Kekalainen. Um, the Ducks played well on Monday. Mason McTavish, I mentioned, having a really good game. John Gibson as well having a good game. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think all, all these teams just kind of want to see some growth. Um, Lucas or Leo Carlson, uh, not Lucas Reichel, Leo Carlson is going through a bit of a slump with Anaheim. Um, still playing very well, still being effective and noticeable in these games, but just seems to be a bit snake bitten when it comes to connecting passes and making plays happen. Um, the Canadians, uh, they'll get the Sabres at home, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Nick Suzuki hit 20 goals um, this year. Mike Matheson is having a really, really underrated season. 
Um, the Habs may look to sell high on a player like that. Um, he has 41 points on the year. Um, very surprising. Might be might be one of the most surprising 40-point scoring defensemen in the on the season this year. You also have Thomas Harley in Dallas, too, who I, I will do a deep dive on eventually, especially when we get someone from the Dallas market on here. Um, but Mike Matheson has been very good for the Habs. Um, I think they're still going with that three-goalie rotation. Um, personally, if you're asking for my opinion, I'd love to see Caden Primo get a few more games here and there. Um, but uh, Sam Montembeau has been good in spurts here and there, too, for the Habs. Um, and we'll see who we, we get between the pipes for the Sabres. If it is Ukopekalukinen again, if it is uh, Eric Comrie maybe getting an opportunity to rebound himself, or if maybe Devin Levi is called up from AHL Rochester. He made 50-plus saves the other day, folks, in, in an AHL game. So um, that is the NHL schedule on tap for tonight, only five games. There are 11 tomorrow and then a pretty quiet weekend. Um this year, or this year, my gosh, man, um, get it together. I need to sleep more, Raven. <laughs> I, I honestly do. This is uh, getting to be ridiculous, but um, no, we, we'll have a good weekend of hockey. Only three games on Friday, though. The NHL has been doing that lately, just fewer games on a Friday. Um, I didn't like it the first few times, and it's starting to grow on me, just having a nice, quiet Friday uh, from the league of three games. I also mentioned really liking the the Monday day games. Um we talked about that a little bit the other day, but just it, that, that that was really enjoyable. The more I think about it, um, give me give me more of that. So um, that'll do it for us here today. I am also seeing Rangers have signed Johnny Brodzinski to a two-year extension, um, and that'll do it. We will be back tomorrow morning. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Sweet, I'm so